What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Takeover. I am your host, Donovan White, here to break down and give you my opinion on the top 10 players of the Big Ten from the 2022 season. I think as the season comes to a close with the regular season, conference championship uh, games over, I know there's still bowl games going on, but as the season comes to an end with what seemed like it happened in an instant, thought it was a good idea to reflect and kind of go over who I thought the top 10 players were. I'm going to try and keep my own biases out, but we will get into it again. If you haven't already, make sure you go hit the subscribe button on YouTube for the Takeover Sports Network to get updates on all uh, previews, uh, breakdowns of, of Big 10 games, SC games, Big 12 games, NFL games, whatever it may be, we have you covered. And of course, we are partnered with Price Picks. Use the promo code TAKEOVER for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's daily fantasy made easy through their easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. So, again, use the promo code TAKEOVER for 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All right. You don't have to agree with this list. Uh, please, I encourage you, put your top 10 or your top 5 or your top 3, whatever it may be, in the comments, let me know what you think. I'm going to start at one and work my way down to 10. I think number one, it has to be undisputed, is Blake Corum for Michigan. Blake Corum finished season with 1,463 yards rushing, and that's missing two and a half games-ish. Didn't play Ohio State, had like two carries, missed half of Illinois, and then didn't play against Purdue. So two and a half-ish games, didn't play 1,463 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns on the ground. Blake Corum was – Arguably the best running back in all of college football. Him or Bijan Robinson, you could make there. For Deuce Vaughn's a really good running back too, but I'd go with Blake Corm. I don't know who will have the best NFL career, but Blake Corm was the heart and soul of that Michigan team. And I think his play from weeks one through 11, 10 and a half, whatever you want to say with that Illinois game, not only did that play elevate his Michigan team, but even when he got hurt and left, I think his heart his soul was still embedded in that team, which is why they were able to do so well against Ohio State and Purdue and what I would predict against TCU in the round one of the playoffs. So Blake Corum, I think, is the number one player from the Big Ten of 2022. Number two, Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver from Ohio State. I think he's the best wide receiver in the country. Um, quite honestly, I, if you ask me, I think he might be a better player then Blake Corum, right? He didn't have the numbers or the impact, in my opinion, that Blake Corum had, which is why I think you balance out a bit. It's subjective to the point of who's the better player, but who had the bigger impact. Marvin Harrison Jr., 1,157 yards, 12 touchdowns. Didn't have some of the numbers that other receivers or players that we'll talk about here in a little bit had. But I think he's the unquestioned best receiver in college football. I think next he's coming back for Ohio State for another season. And when he leaves for the 2024 NFL draft, I think he'll be a top five pick. Joel Cladis said, Many times that he thinks he'll be the best wide receiver in the game in four to five years. I don't know if I'd go that far just because you don't know what can happen with injuries or who else can come up. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is a stud. Big reason of why C.J. Stroud was able to be successful and why that offense was able to be successful. Number three, Joey Porter Jr. A guy I think is the best corner in college football. Joey Porter Jr. was only targeted 30 times. Keep that in mind. Teams didn't even want to target him. And when they did, he allowed only 15 catches for 143 yards and no touchdowns on the entire season. Joey Porter Jr. is a top 15, top 20 pick. He's a future lockdown corner in the NFL. I'm hoping my Washington commanders take a look at him in the first round if they're in that area. He is a stud. He's exactly who we thought he would be coming into 2022. I don't think he gets enough national attention. Um, he gets it by PFF and by others. I think he will in this um, kind of NFL draft 
offseason experience and, and all the combines and all the pro days and everything like that and mock drafts, you will see his name start to rise up more, even though it has to an extent. He is the best corner in the country or was the best corner in the country, in my opinion, for 2022. Number four, quarterback C.J. Stroud. I think, one, he was a Heisman finalist. 66% complete strength, 3,340 yards, 37 touchdowns, six interceptions. C.J. Stroud will leave Ohio State, uh, and I think in a similar kind of light to what Dwayne Haskins did, uh, where he didn't finish as a legend at Ohio State, right? Dwayne Haskins kind of is uh, with the way he played and kind of how he opened up that offense that year. JT Barrett is a legend at Ohio State for it. Cardell Jones is is a legend at Ohio State for one national championship. Troy Smith for Heisman, Braxton Miller for what he did over uh, four or five years. CJ Stroud is is up in that list of of the top of the most talented and the best quarterbacks in Ohio's history. Uh, he will leave with that impact similar to Dwayne Haskins, where he said, "Man, he had in this case two great years uh, and had the stats, two time Heisman finalist. Uh, you know, looks like he's gonna be a top ten, maybe top five pick." And this year, I thought he was by by far the, the best quarterback in the Big Ten and, and clearly one of the best quarterbacks in college football, one of the best players in college football. Number five, linebacker Jack Campbell out of Iowa. Man, there, there's not a lot that you can't say about this guy. He's a great guy, um, first and foremost. He had 115 tackles in the regular season. He was a 2022 Butkus Award winner for best linebacker in the country. He led an Iowa defense that was top five uh, in the country, right, was – the reason that team it was able to make a bowl game, I mean, not not him per se, but the defense. That defense is the only reason they were able to make a bowl game because we all know their offense struggled. And so Jack Campbell deserves major credit for not only playing well, but for being a leader, for sticking it out through the tough times, for not blaming, not complaining, not de- not deflecting anything towards the offense or, or anything like that. He was a stud. I don't know how he translates in the NFL. Uh, I don't think he's very rangy or athletic. I think he can play in the NFL. I think he will. Uh, I just don't know how much of a modern day NFL linebacker he can be because I think he's 6'5, 240 pounds. He's a big guy. We'll see what his numbers look like when he does some testing, when he moves around a little more. I don't think he was asked to cover as much because that back four for Iowa is so good. Uh, but Jack Campbell, my opinion, the best linebacker in the Big Ten and, and won the award for best linebacker in the country is number five. Number six. Uh, Ala Wushkin Oluotami, sorry, man, I butchered your name, center for Michigan, was the best interior offensive lineman in the entire country, won both the Outland and Remington Award and Trophy for the season. You can make an argument he was best offensive lineman in the country. Uh, the dude is a stud, was a graduate transfer from Virginia, and led the way to that Michigan offensive line being, in my opinion, the best in the country and, 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 and paving the way for Blake Corm, who I thought was arguably the best running back in the country and the best player in the conference this year. So he deserves major credit. I don't think offensive linemen uh, just get a lot of credit. Maybe that's biased because I was an offensive lineman, but he deserves that. Uh, and he was a linchpin in that team's success, uh, in that culture that they had, in that domination that they had up front and, and will continue to look to have look to continue to have in the playoff game against TCO. Speaking of offensive linemen, one that you may not have heard a lot this season because of his team's um, inability to succeed and win. Uh, That's Peter Skaronsky, offensive tackle at Northwestern, who I believe is the best offensive tackle in college football or was this year. Don't know if he slides into guard in the NFL. We we hear that a lot with tackles. Um, Should they slide into guard? Will they slide into guard? Can they play tackle, let alone left tackle? In the NFL, listen, you, you turn on his tape, it was a clinic. He, 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 
you watch him and he's exactly how you're supposed to pass that, how you take angles, how you strike, how you finish in the run game. He is a technician when it comes to an offensive lineman and offensive tackle at that spot. And he did it all with, with not much help uh, from the rest of his offense or team, to put it quite frankly. Uh, he had the highest pass grade in all of college football, 93, and he had only six pressures and one sack allowed. Going to be a top 10, not top, maybe top 15 pick in the NFL draft uh, and will continue to follow that line of Northwestern offensive linemen succeeding in the NFL. Number eight, Mo Ibrahim, running back, Minnesota, workhorse running back, right? I mean, absolute workhorse with 1,594 yards and 19 touchdowns. Minnesota fans or other Big Ten fans, you might be saying, well, okay, he had more stats. He had better, he had more rushing yards and he had more touchdowns than Blake Corum. Why is he at number eight and not at number one or above Blake Corum? Well, a few things. One, point blank, I think Blake Corum is a better running back. Two, I think Blake Corum would have more yards and more touchdowns had he played and been healthy in the last half against Illinois or the full game against Ohio State or the full game against Purdue. He probably would have had, if he was healthy in those two and a half games, he probably would have had at least three or four touchdowns. That would have put his number to 21, 22, if not more. And he probably would have had, I'll say on the, on the low end, 250 yards rushing on the low end. So that would put him at about 1700 yards rushing 22 touchdowns, which would have been more than more. And we don't live in a world of what ifs, but that's just my opinion with it. And I think Blake Corum is a, is a better player, but Mo Ibram is a workhorse from Minnesota. He's been there for a while now bounced back from that uh, devastating season and injury last year. And he came back in full fashion. I mean, he's exactly who we thought he was. I think he's a NFL back if he stays healthy. Um, and he was just thought all year long. Number nine, back to receiver. Charlie Jones from Purdue transferred from Iowa, uh, left that kind of stale offense to now playing with the quarterback in Aiden O'Connell. That is a gunslinger who also has other weapons like Payne Durham and Maccabee at running back uh, to support that. And then Charlie Jones just flourished absolutely flourished in Purdue's offense, 1,361 yards, 12 touchdowns. I think he has a future in the NFL as a, a, as one of those guys. I'm not saying like Cooper Cup. I'm not saying he'd be as good as Cooper Cup, but where he's one of those slot guys that is gritty, that does the little things right, makes plays when asked upon, is reliable, right, and helps his other teammates um, with his ability to catch the ball, to run the routes well, and to know the offense. So Charlie Jones was a stud for Purdue. You could make, not by impact, Right, but just by pure numbers, you could make an argument that he was one of the best transfer additions of the 2022 season with his yards. Again, not his impact because Purdue, they got to the Big Ten Championship, I get it. They didn't win it. They're not going to a big-time bowl game. Um, they lost four or five games, right? But his numbers, you could make the argument that he was one of the best transfer additions uh, or decisions, transfer decisions even, uh, of the 2022 season. And then number 10, Chase Brown, running back, Illinois. Also a workhorse running back like Mo Ibrahim in an offense that I don't think it was as limited as Minnesota's. Like I think Tommy DeVito had a pretty good year. Um, I think he had 1,643 yards, only 10 touchdowns, only 10 touchdowns. He still had double-digit touchdowns. But he was a guy that you looked at the stat sheet every week or you watched him play, and it was 30 carries, 125 yards, 35 carries, 190 yards. Uh, you know, 37 carries, 205 yards, two touchdowns, right? A guy that was consistent, had some injuries late in the season, but just consistent focal point of that offense for Illinois. And the biggest reason, along with their their defense, which played at a at a very high level this season, 
those two reasons of why they were ranked in the top 20 or top 18 for a while. One of the reasons why they were uh, on the pathway to go to the Big Ten Championship. One of the reasons why they were able to keep it close with Michigan. Michigan had some some injuries and some things like that, but Illinois played their hearts out because of their defense and because of running back Chase Brown. I think there are some honorable mentions. He was number 10. I think there are some honorable mentions. I think two guys from Ohio State, Emeka Buka, who finished the year strong, and Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State, who finished the year strong after not having any kind of success last year. I think there are others, too, from Michigan. Donovan Edwards, I think Aiden O'Connell could make an argument. I think you could look at some of the offensive line play for Maryland. Paris Johnson is a name thrown out there a lot. I think a lot of times people rank him in the drafts as based on potential, not necessarily results. That's why Peter Skaronsky is there at tackle instead of Paris Johnson. So a successful year in the Big Ten uh, for these guys, for these teams. Obviously, we know the impact of having two Big Ten teams in the college ball playoffs. But these 10 guys, whether they're able to leave the draft now, whether they have to come back for a year, whatever it may be, they decide to come back for another year. These 10 guys are all elite players, not just at their position, but in college football. And they backed it up with their stats, with their team success, with the impact they had on their team, whether it was Peter Skaronsky keeping his quarterback healthy or Chase Brown leading Illinois to this, this, and that, or C.J. Stroud being a Heisman finalist, or Joey Porter Jr. being a lockdown, or Blake Corm's heart and soul driving Michigan into the playoffs for a second year in a row. Whatever it may be, these 10 guys represented their teams in the conference in the highest regards from their play, from their personalities, and from their commitment to the game of football. So, again, if these are all my opinions, throw yours in the comments. Let me know where I was right, where I was wrong, who I should have included, whatever it may be. Let me know your thoughts. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, make sure you go subscribe to the TakeOver Sports Network. Right now, go hit the subscribe button. Uh, to keep up to date for all content that we release. But until next episode for the Big Ten Takeover, I am Donovan White, and I will see you all next time.